0: You are listening to Video Games to the Max. Hello and welcome to another edition of Video Games to the Max. I am your host Sean Garmer, and here with me today is Steve Esposito, of senior editor of Season Gaming. How are you doing, man?
1: I'm doing well. Thank you for having me,
0: man. It's uh, I'm very grateful for you to be on here, and I mean, we both just uh, had a holiday here, Father's Day. How did it yes, go for you? Yes, man? we did.
1: It it went very well. Uh we got I had some good food. Uh my kid got me a Lego set, uh Star Wars Lego set, so I can't really ask for uh anything more. So
0: Yeah. Was uh, was. mine was uh pretty great, pretty chill because Sundays is my off day for the weekend. So I was like totally exhausted from on Saturdays I work at seven in the morning. So I'm oh. like going to bed at like 1 a.m. getting up at 6 something. It was my last day in the office. We started work from home today and permanent, thankfully. So now if I want to move around, go somewhere outside of Miami because it's super expensive to live here, you would know that being in New York too. But, um, (laughs) yeah, it's it's crazy. And, And so it was nice to, like, just be able to chill. She loves horror movies, and I'd never seen The Shining or Doctor Sleep, so we watched those.
1: Oh, and she gave me
0: a, a Star Wars thing, too, like a cool, just, she made it herself. She's very creative. And uh, she uh, just, you know, made me this, like, really simple, like, card uh, that she made herself. So I was like, that's, that's awesome. I was very happy, trying not to cry. <laughs> so uh, you know how that goes. Um, but yeah, yeah man. One not of the my, best things in life to get to be a dad. You know? It's, you
1: know, at first my my wife and I were very like, oh, we're we're not going to have kids. And then um, things happened. And it, it's been a really rewarding experience. Like a lot of people are like not really into kids and I get it. But one day, you know, it, it is, it's, it's an, I don't know, it's a trade. It's like, uh, it's like any dark, it's like any born game. There's a lot of risk, right. <laughs> but the reward is so good. <laughs> That's the way. Yeah,
0: my daughter says that now. She's like, I don't want to have kids. I don't. I don't want that. And I'm just like, yeah. okay, you're twelve. Let me know <laughs> when you get older. Uh, you know how that how that goes. You always say that, and then for yeah. one, you can't always decide that for yourself. And like no, what happened no. to me. And then number two, it's some. It's a huge, it's a huge blessing that you don't appreciate until it's actually there. So you know, don't yeah. don't discount that.
1: Yeah, and like uh, my, mine's three. So she's, uh, she's a little young, talks very well for, for yeah. a three-year-old, I feel, um, especially when she's trying to make a point in certain <laughs> things, you know, how right. Um, but yeah, it's like um, no matter how prepared you are for like parenthood, you're all you're never you're never prepared for like, the wild oh, no, things. Definitely
0: not. Doesn't matter <laughs> how many books you read, how much you're, uh-huh. you know, your significant other they've had kids of four tell you until you have that experience yourself it's not it's it's a whole different deal yes,
1: but um
0: sure. you know i i'm sure that uh many of you are fathers out there or mothers you know y'all just went through mother's day last month as well um thank you for listening and or watching and we'll get into the housekeeping in just a second but <laughs> let's talk about what we're going to be talking about on this show more of that final fantasy 16 demo i've actually finished it did you finish it Steve.
1: I I did finish the story. Uh, okay. I didn't realize that there's, there's a second part to the demo, and I've been I've been meaning to get to it, but like I just I just couldn't. Right. Um. And I I thought it was very good. Like um, it was a game I w- I was gonna put on my backlog and be like, okay, I'll I'll wait till it hits because I'm a big PC guy. Yeah. Um. But I'm kind of like, you know what? Maybe maybe I I don't know I don't know. We gotta see how it works <laughs> out. But after that demo, I've I've never played a Final Fantasy game like that very game of Thrones stylish like they, they went kind of it's almost like they took if george r. r martin was revealed to be like a writer for this i would not be surprised i'd be like oh yeah that makes sense
0: <laughs> uh, yeah some secret credit that we don't know about but yeah we'll uh get into the specifics on that we'll talk about some fallout from the summer game fest maybe get steve get some thoughts on the showcases there and some other things uh that we'll we'll get into. All right. Well
1: again. Just,
0: yeah. <laughs> um I uh I'm actually it's weird because I'm not a like big Zelda person, but it's the respect, right? It's the yeah. the like that being around from even before like right around when I was born, when my brother was playing games or introducing me. I remember watching him and I'm like, you know. The music is awesome. Doesn't matter if I'm not like the biggest mm-hmm. fan of the games, I can't hate the music. So I was like when I found that I was like, I gotta use this. <laughs>
1: um, I, uh, yeah, as as a previous as a musician in my past life and like being involved with music and stuff, and listening to like the, the chiptune bands and whatnot. Yeah. It's huge respect for any musician out there who can do it.
0: Oh man, for sure. Like sometimes I look at that and, and you go back to those uh you know, speaking of Final Fantasy, watching, you know, stuff of like the old Final Fantasies and things like that. Oh yeah. I was, like concerts. how Umatsu was able to get those freaking soundtracks on on that, on between one through three is is ridiculous to me still.
1: He you know that that's the one thing with Final Fantasy is that I feel like that's uh the music is one of the key components, even for like Legend of Zelda. I think like right. those two games, like Legend of Zelda Final Fantasy are best known for like their wide breadth of music and how eclectic each song could sound and like how the tones still kind of carry over through each and every game. It's just, it's they're both music wise. No one can beat those two games.
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, Final fantasy. I've even gone to one of the concerts in the past, you know, when I was younger, cause I love that music so much. It's just like, like you said, not only do they carry the themes forward, how each game sounds different, and yeah. amazing at the same time, you know?
1: Yeah, and like they hit like the right notes, like the victory music. Yeah. That that ca- oh.
0: <laughs> like it's it's perfect. And the the like melody theme that they have almost at the beginning of all of them. It's just like, yeah. okay, you know, it's Final Fantasy Time. Like let's let's get a rolling. Right <laughs> <one. laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. I uh my wife brought me to the Legends of the Symphony a couple of times in Madison Square Garden. Uh we went twice, I believe, and it was a
0: great show. Great show both times. Oh man, and then being at the garden too, that's gotta be a, a really cool experience.
1: Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like the the huge garden room, but it was like they have like a smaller room. Okay. But even even the small room is still like gigantic. And it was yeah. it was a great time. Like <laughs> we thought we're like, hey, this room is small. And I ended up being at a different concert at that same room. And I was on the floor. I was in the pit area. And I looked around, I'm like, no, this place is gigantic. <laughs> this is a big place so it's uh it was fun it was that show was great both great shows
0: that's awesome i love hearing about uh you know i think they said they're going to take sonic on the road with their music and they have some fantastic music too and it's like i love seeing that more video games having their music out there for more people to listen to in that kind of setting uh it's great you know
1: and and it's being integrated into like like pop bands like churches is very big on on video games and you can hear yes. that in, like uh inspiration and I, I just i could talk about this for days because i'm a music yeah. head so.
0: i mean video games are, are they got a grammy now so it's like yeah i'll be yeah. interested to see when they actually have the time to go through this entire year not like the first one where it was kind of like ah let's just take like five games that kind of have a name and slap them on there i mean not that valhalla didn't deserve them. just saying you know this year it feels like okay you actually have to go through the releases and decide something like how could you not have zelda at the end of the year when they're doing these grammys they better have final mm-hmm. fantasy and zelda on that list because that's gonna be crazy if it's-
1: oh yeah absolutely especially with like i'm not big in the classical scene but like, with, like classical not really hitting the mainstream but video game music is like you you yeah. can't turn a blind eye
0: right yeah for sure. But I mean, since we're already talking about Final Fantasy, I guess let's let's start there with what you've been playing. You did say you played, I guess, the prologue, the part that actually goes yes. on to the next to the game that comes out in a couple of days. It's crazy to say, because I feel like I've been waiting the whole year for June 22nd to come. It's it's finally <laughs> there. And now, like after you played the demo, you said you haven't played a Final Fantasy game like that. How What's yeah. your hype level now after you play that? So-
1: so my, I have this thing that I go through, you know, being, being a senior editor and like, I'm, if I'm reviewing game, I get really hyped for it. You know, I build, I build that up. I did not do that for final fantasy 16 at all. I wasn't, I wasn't even going to play the demo originally. I was going to be like, okay, let's just wait for the game to come out. And I'll just play the whole thing one shot. And I'm glad that I went against that um, because man, like the story beats are real good. Like, yeah, the demo is mostly like a movie I feel, but it's a right. perfect introduction. Like you, you get this taste, you get this little flavor of it. And it's just like, it's so good. It was, it was so good. Um, I think the acting is fantastic. The, the fact that they have real actors coming in to do it. Some really great voice actors coming in as well. Um, it just, it flowed really well. And then the combat at first, the combat, I thought was kind of often that I realized like there's rings that are automatically uh, uh, equipped. So you have to unequip them to actually get a full feel of how the combat works And that's when I was like, okay, I see what you're doing and I like it. And um, yeah, like 15 15 came close. Like every every Final Fantasy game I play feels like it was a build up to this moment where you had, I'm even going to say, you had Kingdom Hearts 3, which was good, but it wasn't, it was too handholdy, I felt. And then we had 7 Remake, which was good. And then this kind of adds on to what 7 does. Like it, it just, it's a stronger feel. And I just I really enjoyed my experience with it. And uh I can't wait for the full game. I really can't. It's uh like I said, I, I just gotta figure out when to start it because when I start it, started, I'm probably not gonna stop. <laughs> so and I know it's a mature-rated game, which is the first the first for, for Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm very excited to see uh where this goes, and I hope my kid will let me play it. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> I, I hope so for you too, man. That's always rough when you got the s- young kids and you're going to play something mature, you know, that y- mm-hmm. you don't uh, expose them to something you don't want to, especially because it's not just mature in the violent way, it's mature in other ways as well. So, yeah, um, which is different for, I mean, it definitely goes <laughs> to the Game of Thrones thing, right? Of Yeah. He, I, was like, he, oh. he, I can't believe he's. Uh, he said he made everybody watch the entire series before uh, while they were working on it
1: there's something about that studio especially because i think yoshi p is also the producer or director of this one and he's he's very big on like making sure his team is up to snuff on whatever it is they're working on uh with final fantasy 14 he made his team play world of warcraft like they played world of warcraft and he was just like i don't want to do this exactly but I want to make it like this. And that made his team better, especially with the whole, uh, the rebirth situation where like the game came out and it failed like awfully. I I played it. It was bad. And then when he did a a realm reborn, it was so much better, more streamlined. And it's because he made sure his team did the work that was necessary to like make it work. And it shows. And I'm, because of him, I have full faith in, in 16. So I'm like, yeah, you can't, you kind of deserve my 70 bucks at this point. You did a great job with everything else.
0: Yeah. man. I mean, thinking about it, like how much, like you said, they were able to change what people thought of final fantasy 14, just because yeah. they took what was great about wow. And, and other MMOs and said, okay, let's, let's build that into this. And then now it's like the leading MMO out there. Like, yeah, man. And take that one team and and have them work on this. It's like incredible, you know? And it, you were talking about the voice out there I don't know if you've seen uh the guy that voices Clive. He's like been everywhere this week. And, oh. Uh yeah. Ben Starr, he's been he's been like on every uh podcast or one of the, you know, the big big guys like Kind of Funny or uh Gainspot and all that. Um yeah. It, it, it's cool to see, like, that he, and and, I, and by extension, you know, Clive, kind of, a lot of people were upset that that's his name, Clive. And then it's like, all of a sudden, oh, I don't care about it, the fact that his name's Clive. This this dude's too cool.
1: <laughs> that's, that's the least of my complaints. You know, like, it, it, actually, I'm, I'm, let me take that back. If I complain that the guy's name is Clive, that's pretty good. <laughs> like, I could complain about other things, but no, we're going to stick to Clive. But that's that that just kind of comes with the territory. You know, that that's kind of what they're going for. A lot of the names are you know related to like I believe Clive is a British name. Um yes. so I think they're kind of tying it in with that whole universe cuz once again the Game of Thrones situation. You know, I'm trying to center myself and I really can, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're good there. You're good there. Uh you know, I I try to do the same thing, but it's hard sometimes because you're like looking at the camera from one way and it's like, wait, the camera's actually looking at me the other way. <laughs> so. Yeah.
1: I also have this ultra wide monitor. So it's like, oh, looking- yeah. <laughs> it's crazy.
0: So, I mean, like, did you, I mean, obviously, we knew going in it was going to be more like, I guess, De- Devil May Cry or and all that, you know, more like, I guess, the, the God of Wars that have come out. Does it, does it still feel like a final fantasy game to you or are you in that realm of like, Oh man, this is just totally different.
1: Um, well, the thing is, I feel like this kind of combat has been front loaded way in advance. Like square was, was pretty straightforward being like, Hey, not everything's going to be turn-based. I think 10 was like the last one. They're they're kind of like, yeah, 10 was the last one. Yeah. They're like, this is, this is it for for turn-based, you know, they're like, we're done. And then I th- 11 was... Uh, 11 was the MMO. The weird... yeah. yeah. 11 was the MMO, yes. 12 was that Gambit system. Yeah, and which like, was also oh. with the
0: MMO type where they're kind of just attacking and you're watching them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: it was, 13 it was,
0: was the, one, the last one where they had that sort of like, That's... oh, here's where we're going to be going. This is so fast. It doesn't feel like turn-based, but it yeah. sort of is... And then all of a sudden we went full okay we're trying to really go action here. yeah
1: because they even experimented on their non-final fantasy games with with uh like kingdom hearts they uh, expanded on right. that combat system a little bit uh they did a lot of work into like building up to 16. so i'm, I'm not surprised in the slightest that they uh they went to this direction and it, and it makes sense because that's what's kind of i don't want to say that's what's in but that that's what's in you know a lot of people a lot of purists want the turn based. But there's a lot of people who are just really not into that. And yeah, they're, they're just like, OK, well, you know, let's try it out. Let's see what it goes. And it works. That's the thing. If it didn't work, who knows? <laughs> but it does. So I can't really say anything, you know?
0: Yeah. And I felt like I'm I'm one that like I love action games, but I'm going to say the first off, I'm not like the one that gets the highest scores or whatever. I work with what works you know and and the fact that i didn't need the rings like the dodge is actually done well enough on normal that you can get a feel for when you should and when you shouldn't i almost i'm not gonna lie i almost died playing the the boss that you play in the in the combat demo uh she got me really close but i was able to you know do one of those like last ditch things and and kill her at the end but i like the fact that it's like challenging but not dark souls like oh my god i yeah. feel like i'm bashing my head against the wall kind of thing
1: yeah because i i also kind of noticed that the the, the souls born games are kind of like now they're slowly becoming the default i feel right mm-hmm. like across, across it's it's implemented other games like star wars jedi survivor has that now right where they are you know they're they're bringing in that kind of combat style and i feel like final fantasy doesn't want to go that route So they're they're kind of like, hey, let's do something different. Let's do something a little bit old school because Devil May Cry is that kind of old school combat. And it works. You know, they pulled it up. They made it more modernized. And uh, I want to see how this works in the full game where we actually have, like, all these abilities that we can add on to it because that's that's what really excites me about this.
0: Yeah, I do want to see where the story goes as well because that icon battle thing looked uh, awesome. I mean, yeah, yeah. some of that's probably going to get kind of old because uh you know it is a little bit like trying to just kind of get you through it but I, I actually didn't um i didn't understand a certain part and i didn't know you could actually like fail and i failed the first time oh yeah yeah,
1: yeah where i, I like where i didn't
0: hit uh ifrit in a certain spot or whatever yep. and he actually blew the phoenix's face off with his fire or whatever and Then it's like oh game over i was like what okay
1: Oh, yeah, at the beginning, right? Because I had the same yes. situation. I was like, oh, I'm playing now?
0: <laughs> yeah. I just go seamless into that. And I was like, oh, wait, wait. I'm actually controlling the Phoenix now. <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I had the same feeling. I was like, oh, oh, we, we're starting. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean that's what's so good is like the senate. Normally, you know, when you have that many cutscenes after a while, it kind of goes like, oh, all right, whatever. Yeah. But these are so good that like you you kind of get stuck watching it and then go, oh crap, I'm supposed to move now. <laughs> so. yeah.
1: yeah. Usually there's like there's an indication, and then this game was just yeah. kind of like, oh, it just assumed you held the controller and not like got yeah. popcorn or something. But it's uh, oof, with the demo, of the graphics Titan like just the Titan, yeah, Leon. I can't remember the name of him or what they are but they're oof, that model that was like i, I was taking pictures with the, with the playstation screenshot button like every two seconds i was like hey, yeah hey, this
0: is this awesome this is that awesome. was me too i'm like <laughs> okay i know my my thing's gonna tell me that it can't uh upload the picture because it's full or whatever but i'm gonna keep doing it because this is so good
1: <laughs>
0: oh man yeah it was real good um you know so i mean Look, we're, we're both getting ready for this game to come out in a few days. Uh, I'm sure all of you guys are as well. Uh, I keep seeing this one guy on Twitter who's just constantly freaking hyping up this game. I can't remember his name right now, but he's like a, a content creator for Final Fantasy, I think. And he, he's constantly talking about how, how much he can't wait for this game. So uh, I know a lot of people are doing that. Uh, only a few days away, and it's going to be great. Uh, but, I mean, you've been playing another game that recently came out uh, that people have been hyped about as well, Diablo 4.
1: Yes, and- yes, I've been playing that a bunch. Um, interestingly enough, I'm playing it on my PC, and I'm also playing it on my Steam Deck, because just, like, it's a match. How is that on Steam Deck? <laughs> it works so good. Like, I'm kind of upset that Blizzard is not really embracing the handheld as, as much as they could. Like, I know the Rog Ally will just work, because... It's a Windows machine, but right. using some like Linux backdooring and using like the uh, the uh, desktop mode allowed me to to put it on my Steam Deck, and it's like it's like the perfect little device to like not little, it's huge, <laughs> but it's the perfect device for me to, like sit on the couch and kind of play while the kid watches TV or something, and like I'm just killing zombies and skeletons while uh while she's doing her thing, so it's it's perfect for that, and even like medium settings, the game runs really well, so. Yeah, diablo 4 i'm really liking it i played the barbarian i got kind of bored so i jumped over to the rogue who i'm really enjoying with my uh my range build currently and uh i'm i'm level like almost 30 on two characters so i haven't gotten to the end yet but i'm i'm building towards it
0: so you're like in like act three or four or...
1: <laughs> so you funny enough, i just started act two okay Uh only, only because like i i'm the kind of guy who's like you give me this kind of world and there's a huge sprawling map and there's things to explore and if i'm like hey that's right there i'm just going to go look at that and it's like oh okay hold on there's a live event over here let me go for that so i totally yeah. get sidetracked like completely like i'm not reviewing the game so there's no rush for me to, to get anywhere uh so i'm just kind of like oh there's that thing let me go check that oh there's that thing and then lo and behold before i even get to like the crescendo of the act i'm like 10 levels above like what it wants me to be and i'm like oh okay my mistake my bad (laughs) like i should have just streamlined it and just ran i didn't know that um but i was just having fun with it so it's it's a very immersive game for a for an arpg and uh it's it's kind of up there for like a game of the year contender i'd say i'm interested to see how seasons work out but besides that great story so far great cinematics great gameplay and uh, besides some maybe internet rubber banding, I
0: haven't experienced yeah. too many issues. So Have something. you been playing with people or just by yourself? Uh,
1: by myself mostly. Other people I've seen jump in and out. I haven't really played with friends because they're all still playing like World of Warcraft or something. They haven't jumped yeah. over yet. So, <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I mean, that's good that you, uh, another game that, uh, you know, to add to the list of twenty, thirty, three games at this point, it's <laughs> been an incredible year and there's yeah. more coming.
1: Oh, the Game Awards are going to be a bloodbath, I've been saying. It's going to be. Yeah. Like, Legend of Zelda, you got, you got Final Fantasy, we have Diablo, uh, Starfield coming up. It's going to be rough. It's, it's going to be the most indecisive year, i, I got to say.
0: Yeah, it's it's going to be one where, you know, it's Spider-Man still, because Spider-Man, Spider-Man. will suffer again, where it doesn't win anything, uh, because oh. there's so much around it, you know? yeah. It's yeah, it's this- gonna be one of those crazy years, uh, for sure. Um, but you know, just for me, really quick, you know, I've only kind of played the Final Fancy thing because I've been. This was the last week for us at the office, so we've been focusing on getting everybody out the door and all that stuff. So uh, I did get to play a little bit um, today. The Steam Next Fest started, which I'm hoping yeah. this week I'll get to play a lot of these demos of games that I was really excited about uh, throughout. Uh, watching all those showcases And everything uh, for the indies uh, So if you You know if, if you're uh, Somebody that's curious and you like to pl- you know, Try out games I don't know If Xbox is going to have they usually Have one around this time as well Where they put some of those demos on Xbox as well So I'm not sure if If they will eventually have those if you're A console owner but if you have a PC Definitely go on Steam there's like Hundreds of games right now That have demos oh, Yeah um, so check it out. I I played a a little bit of Enter Nights, which is that indie like action RPG that kind of looks like Persona. That's also a dating sim. Uh, so I think I heard this one. It, it was on the one of the PlayStation State of Plays. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So it it's, uh, it's definitely unique for sure. So like you. Your ba- So your friend puts you Well, you're you're playing a character But they allow you to kind of name it whatever you want So you kind of, of You can either do to one of two things Have it act like yourself Or have it uh, be someone else You know, so your friend Gets you on a dating app uh, And then you're supposed to Start going on this date And then craziness happens And all of a sudden you get Put into this Where you're essentially fighting like zombies sort of huh. and then you know you go through the action rpg part and uh, i don't know how far the demo goes like if you actually get through to some of the dating stuff but it, it's fun um the comments actually uh it, it it wasn't too hard to get into but i can see some people that maybe aren't big action game fans a bit struggling and they want to actually do more of the story part but they do have difficulty modes so, if you're there more for the story, they do have like a story mode option where they make the combat easier and you can kind of just go through um, the story, which is they have some really good like animated like cutscenes and then they have like the in game stuff as well. So, it's one that I'm definitely it, the problem is it's coming out in September in the week where oh. Mortal Kombat's coming out, oh, Liza man. P uh there's some other big game coming out like that same week and then that uh-huh. and i'm like oh my god that we poor got... dude oh yeah we have <laughs> that um... developer is gonna is gonna suffer for sure on that
1: oh yeah and it's 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 hard because they don't deserve it they don't deserve no, to be don't. ignored yeah august is gonna be gigantic september is gonna be gigantic I, I was doing the content calendar for for season gaming and getting uh ducks in a row over there and uh I was looking at those months. I'm like, what are we going to do? <laughs> There's so much. Yeah. There's so much. And I'm like, I had myself down for two reviews. I'm like, oh, I can only do one. This is going to be a little rough here because uh, yeah. two, two of them are right next to each other. I'm like, all right, October's going to be pretty big. And then like November,
0: nothing. Yeah. Nothing's like totally everybody bad. decided to skip November this year for some reason. Yeah.
1: And then Avatar uh, on December 7th. It's like, what? Are, what are, what's going on
0: here? I don't know. It's it's just it's really weird. It's like instead of taking advantage of the Black Friday and all that time, I guess they said, "Oh well, uh, it won't get nominated for Game of the Year if we don't put it in October." So I, yeah,
1: guess, I guess, yeah, I guess, I guess that's we, uh, we all
0: got to do it before then.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. it's
0: crazy, man. Like, uh, it's crazy. Just uh, I guess, kind of go into any thoughts you had on on the summer Game Fest that just just happened. How much like it feels like we're getting into Jeff Keighley is is assuming his dream here slowly but surely. Like people are molding their game releases around the Game Awards. Summer Game Fest actually felt like E three this year. Like we're we're starting to get there. I feel like. Yeah,
1: I feel like it's funny because I kind of I personally like to. They kind of joke around on Jeff Keighley because it's you know he's popular, it's funny, right? You know. But in, in all seriousness, I give him so much respect for like he single handedly pretty much saved this entire concept of a conference, um, especially when you have all these people pulling out and the ESA is doing absolutely nothing to uh, to try to try to keep some sort of legitimacy in in the video game world. They're they're just kind of abandoning the medium, and then you got Jeff Keighley who's like breaking his back to give back to the community in a way that uh, that the one of the biggest organizations in the world can't so i I give him so much respect for being able to be like okay well let's go kojima on stage which he does all the time yeah uh or like let's let me get elden ring i'm gonna show off the first trailer for elden ring that's a huge deal final fantasy seven rebirth i think it is like that's a big deal and like he he's got stuff on on from uh, from uh, Summer Game Fest that Sony should have had during their conference. Right, that's a big deal.
0: Yeah, the fact <laughs> like, that Sony didn't, Sony actually wanted to work with him. They didn't just shove it all in their showcase and go like, "Ah, oh, I'm sorry, Jeff, we got to do us first." You know?
1: Yeah, yeah. Which like, if if I was Sony, that would probably been a move that I would have pulled. Is like, no, sorry, we want to show a Final Fantasy, like not you. Uh, so. The fact that he's respected enough to get that is, is a huge deal. Um, and for the entire world to kind of just like look at him and be like, okay, we see what you're doing, and we respect it. And I, I respect him for what he does. I I used to put on um I used to work on an expo, a local thing by here. So I know what it's like to run like a segment, and it's it's so hard. It's so it puts it's so much work and you really need a good team to do it. So, I respect him for like putting in all that hard work and getting it together because I, I really don't think anyone else could have done it. I really don't. It's, it's, that's what no, I, think. I mean <laughs> for
0: sure. And for him not to just, uh, he, he actually really did try to bring gaming together instead of the ESA where it's like, hey, everybody to the highest bidder, you do your thing, and we'll just be your host and, and all that stuff. And you pay money to have a booth on the floor. And he's, yeah, he's trying to prove that like, you don't have to waste money on all that stuff. Just do no. your showcase digitally, bring your games to the like play days and all that stuff. Let people have that experience of having the demos and everything, but you don't have to have this extravagant thing that nobody really needs. To. I mean, yes, do do I miss that? Like do I do I oh, love the yeah. fact when I went to E3 and like you get to see all that stuff on the floor and it feels like, oh my God, you're like in video game heaven or whatever, but I don't miss the whole going to like five different halls and go in oh, a million yeah. places for interviews and all that stuff either. I don't. So like the fact that it's all in that one place, that's such a cool thing for journalists. And then for the like gamers, you know, for us watching at home, it's also a cool thing because there's so much packed in this one week and it and he he's gotten it better every week, every year. And remember at first it was like this whole month long thing, and it was like, Oh my god, this oh, is yeah. way too much information constantly. Mm-hmm. And now he's kind of brought it back to like what E3 was, where it's like, Okay, it's one week, you get a lot of stuff, and then you get to chew on that for the rest of the year.
1: Yeah, yeah. He did a really good job with that, and uh all well, the companies as well, like their reps and whatnot. Um, you know, my when when E3 was officially cancelled my heart went out to the guys over at read pop because I, yeah. I know a handful of them and they tried very hard to bring E3 back. And it's just like, when you're working with a company, like I said, like the ESA and they're not letting a single hand, they're just like, yeah, sure. Whatever. Like make us money. And then, and then, you know, my heart, like I said, my heart goes out, my out to them hearing about that, but I'm, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what, what was that?
0: <laughs> that was, uh, Actually, my my uh usual co-host Mark, he's he's watching there and he's uh he always has some joke about Tommy Tellerico. Um,
1: oh my god.
0: So he's, he's saying, you know, we I mean, Yeah.
1: I don't know if you mind if I go on a brief tangent. No, no, um, go ahead, go ahead. I Tommy Tellerico is one of the most interesting men in mending gaming. I gotta say, yeah. Like look, like, well, Jeff Keely is there too, of course but there's something about that guy like i just i want to be in a room with him and just ask him every single like no mics no phones i just want to be yeah. like what's going on dude what do you, like h bomber i don't know if you follow like h bomber guy on youtube
0: yes at all. yes that um
1: is, yeah. but he did a video on the the minecraft sound or i think it was minecraft was it was at the o sound yeah, and it brought him down this wild rabbit hole that ended with Tommy Tellerico. And I'm just like, it blew my mind. And like, every time I at least expect this guy to show up, he does. It's like, he's just, <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Like, we talked about music before. He did video games live. Yes. And I'm like, does was him? <laughs> like, I saw that a couple of times. He like, has
0: some like cool credits in industry. It's just sometimes he tries oh, to yeah. take credit for things that, like, really weren't him and it's uh it's the same thing with like the him trying to bring back the in television amico thing and it's that thing (laughs) bombs so hard oh my god like they couldn't even make it to where like the atari thing where okay that sort of exists uh in the where no one talks about it but it exists
1: yeah yeah. like
0: he couldn't even get to that where it actually launched and somebody actually (laughs) reviewed it and talked about it like it just bomb is it, completely. It was,
1: I I don't. That that's one of the reasons why I want to ask. Like, because that that had to be my new laundering scheme. I can't. Yeah. I, I can't. <laughs> that guy. Like, it's just like he's like a nightmare creature to me. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm afraid that I'm gonna I'm gonna like turn a corner and it's like boom, Tommy tellerico is gonna be right there yeah. and I'm like oh what and he's just gonna yell at me or something. I don't know. That's uh, he, he's so interesting and it just like. He really shouldn't be, but he is, and that it drives me nuts. It drives me absolutely crazy. Um, even the guys from, uh, even the guys from like Mega sixty four, like he's just an anomaly of a person.
0: Yeah, it's, it, it's so <laughs> true though, and uh, you know, Mark's making a joke, but he loves uh, retro stuff, so he actually probably pre ordered the thing, and then of course, oh, yeah. you know, it doesn't go anywhere. <laughs>
1: So. I know I know plenty of people who did and they were yeah. really upset and I was like once I knew Tommy Tellerico was involved, I'm like it's not happening, yeah. guys. I'm sorry. Like not to be uh, he even had news. the
0: commercial and everything and then it's yeah. like nothing. <laughs> so.
1: like, There's this one YouTube uh preview of it. I forgot who did it. But they're like, oh, this is the most immersive game ever. I'm like, it is not.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that, it's is, not, that is not it's a good not. game. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I mean, the CDI did similar stuff. I mean, it's oh, not like, man. you know. <laughs> CDI.
1: Ooh, that throws me back.
0: Yeah. Very... There was actually some decent stuff on that thing. I mean, everybody loves oh, to yeah. hate on the, the Zelda games or whatever. But, like, that was one of the systems. My dad is not a gamer at all. But aside mm-hmm. from the Wii, that is the one system because there was this, like, wacky golf game for it. I can't remember what the name was. Yeah. And he had the controller where you actually, it had the roller, and yeah. you had to actually, like, roll the thing, like, mm-hmm. make it seem like you're swinging the golf club. And it was actually really cool. And, like, he would play that thing with me for, for hours. And so, it's like, cool. it goes back to that whole thing of when you actually try to make something that is immersive, right, it works, but not to tell it. Yeah, <laughs> so. no.
1: <laughs> I should have stayed in the grave.
0: <laughs> oh, and then, you know, Mark makes a point that he's like, he knew it was going to be a scam from day one. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. There's no way you looked at this thing and thought like it was going to be something serious. It's like, uh, like I think his next ploy is gonna be like to bring the end gauge back.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, and the thing is, like, he's one of those people that can sell eyes to an Eskimo. So, like, the fact yeah. that he got Earthworm Jim Ford to be exclusive to that thing, like, it's like, wow. And then sadly, it never came out. <sighs>
1: yeah, yeah. It, it. Once again, he he's like like Jeff Keeley's like the more lawful, good person in the industry. Right. He's chaotic, just straight exactly. chaotic. And I'm just like I. I need to understand him. <laughs> like I need to understand why.
0: Yeah. They, they, uh, instead of having uh, Jack and Stranger of Paradise, they should have put Tommy Telerico in there. You know, it's just well, him yelling chaos all the time. <laughs> I can imagine.
1: <laughs> it's uh, you know, it's on PC you mod it. You
0: know. Or, right. yeah. <laughs> so I mean, that brings. So before we uh, keep going, just uh because you know, even though you are a senior at a season gaming and season Gaming is, man y'all have gotten huge man i feel like uh between that podcast with ains and everybody and and yeah, yeah. and um and then you know the site is is such a big deal i i love reading stuff on there y'all do some great work oh thank you um it's always cool to like know where everybody's like gaming origins come like you know cuz not everybody uh, like keith is not actually a a games journalist he's not you know from outer haven he's not like this oh my god uh i always he he started and decided he wanted to make the website, and then mm-hmm. he's kind of taking this turn. So, like, I know there's other people like that. It's cool to learn where where everything started for you. Have you were you always a gamer from from like the moment you remember? Did somebody get you into, it, or did you get you kind of somebody gave you a system and you started there? Or?
1: Uh, well, I remember we had Nintendo in the house. So I yeah. lived in uh. know back in the 80s it was like everyone lived in the same house still kind of like that depending on where you are but it's uh it was this huge family of mine and we all had this nintendo i remember everyone going back and forth and like playing games back like swapping controllers and all this stuff but it really started that was like their system i just happened to play Mario on it but it really started with the sega genesis with me like uh playing sonic the hedgehog um and like I, I loved the Sega Genesis so much. My grandparents bought one for their house, so we would play games over there, yes. too, with with them, too. It wasn't like a system where they just like put it in front of us and said, do, do whatever while we do this. My grandmother sat down with me. She We would actually go back and forth in Sonic and like trade the controller. Like, if I died, okay, now it's her turn. And she died oh, to get back cool. to me. So, um, it was... My family embraced it, and uh, it, was, it was... that That's kind of like where it was born from, and then uh down the road. I just started writing once I got jobs at a uh, Game Crazy, which is a wow, uh, the game store, yeah.
0: The one inside uh Blockbuster, I think, right? Uh
1: it was it was Hollywood Video, but Blockbuster the had Video, their right? Own. Right, yeah, but Blockbuster had like their own they were trying to do, and it just never took off. Um, but yeah, it was it was part of Hollywood Video, and I worked there for a while. Then I, I jumped over the GameStop and that um I call it from gamestop on i call it the evolution of the games writer where it's like okay you start as a gamestop employee yeah then you like work for like a pr firm or then you work for like a writing for a video game company it's like the it's like a pokemon evolution <laughs> kind of a thing um and that's i started uh working with season gaming about three years ago like right kind of uh when the pandemic was starting and that's like okay right. let me get uh we get a little bit more writing experience and i work with these guys because i followed ains for a very long time I, yeah you know, we met on reddit and uh him and i hit it off and then we got some of the great dudes on on there i, I met keith at pax two years ago and he's he's a great guy keith yeah, is awesome. Keith
0: is amazing dude.
1: and uh yeah it was uh that's kind of where my origins and how i got to this point right now and uh i even even my day job i am a uh a computer hardware web content writer for a pretty big retailer. I'm not going to say who Right. Okay. um, I'm just only because like this company is actually big enough where someone found me to
0: kind of be like, Oh, that's weird. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Plus, you know, with the internet, you never know. People Mm -hmm. are so terrible sometimes.
1: Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to tell anyone exactly who, but it's a big company. Uh, And I I do a lot of their computer work. So it's, uh, it's, video games since i was a child of being seven seven years old playing sonic that got me to where i am now
0: hey i mean that's cool you know you're not you're one of those people that can say look video games did something for me look what i'm doing with mm-hmm. that now you know that's that's always a cool thing because i i remember growing up and my mom's kind of always sort of supported it you know uh my dad was was exactly that he was not a gamer he just put the thing in front of me and I don't think he expected me to grab it like I did. And it became like the thing that I like to do uh, aside from the sports. So he, but he was never a, Oh, let me play with you. Let me figure out why you like it. You know, kind yeah. of, thing. He was just like, all right, I'm a doctor. I got too much stuff to do. Uh, you know, you play. This, I got you know, to yeah, save lives. Yeah. I got to save lives. <laughs> so it, it's, it's one of those things where like, thankfully it's good to hear those stories of like, Hey, this does still still happen for people, you know? And and the fact Mm -hmm. that gaming has grown to where, look at all of the stuff. My brother, Mm -hmm. who's also a tech person is also like a streamer as well on the side. So it's always cool to me to see how people go from that to to another thing in gaming.
1: Yeah. I met my wife through GameStop. Uh, Like we were were both (laughs) assistant managers of different stores and we hit it off. And, uh, Like it's it's so crazy how gaming has affected my life beyond beyond reason. It shouldn't be like this. It it turned out perfect.
0: So so like you mentioned Sonic, right? But what are your I guess favorite genres? Some some other favorite games for you?
1: Um, Favorite genres definitely RPG. Um, MMOs are. I'm big into MMOs. Like I love these time sync. I I love any game where I get to fill up a bar and then. I can make numbers go bigger. Like if any game has that,
0: number go up. You, Good <laughs> number
1: numbers go up. You got me. <laughs> so, um, like uh, I'm a big World of Warcraft fan. I'm big. Uh, I'm awesome. really kind of diving more into Final Fantasy 14 because I got burned out on on WoW. Um, yeah. But like I, I love those games. I love my RPGs. I one of the, my favorite. I remember playing. I remember telling my parents I was too sick to go to school so I could play Final Fantasy Seven. <laughs> like that 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 series means so much to me um and then like i'm surprisingly enough out of left field of uh, racing games i wow don't all know right. why i i'm not a big car guy i love the way cars look but i can't i can tell you how like parts of an engine otherwise like games like forza horizon and whatnot and motorsport they're just rpgs for cars that's oh, all yeah. they are <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Like just I mean, RPGs. Think about it. Like you're literally putting better parts in your mm-hmm. car so you can upgrade your car. Yeah. And sometimes they do have numbers that go up with that too. So exactly. Like
1: it, yeah you put money into it, numbers go up. That's my thing. Yeah. <laughs>
0: it gets more expensive, so you gotta send more money. I mean it, it, uh,
1: exactly. You gotta do more races, you're grinding out for for resources yeah. with I mean, the first game that makes you have to grand effort for gas, you know, then I'm done. But right, yeah. <laughs> like the games like Forza where it's a little arcade it's not too serious. I, yeah, because sometimes Gran
0: Turismo, I, I can't play Ooh. Gran Turismo in the regular Forza because they get too simulation. And I'm like, look, yeah. I love driving my car. I've I i I've learned to actually like cars and like to know what's in them and, and how to fix things or whatever, but um I, I'm not a, oh, my God, I got to have this. And I got to drive mm-hmm. at, like, 30 miles an hour to go past this turn. Anyway, like I got yeah, you know, I'm just The Grand Threats like, movie looks cool, but I don't want to drive like it that. It does. It yeah. does.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm the same way where it's just like, I like the Horizon series because it's, it's a playground. It's go around, yeah. do whatever you want. And they're just like, Forza Horizon, I think they're on five is a, the more recent one, where they're just like, here's a supercar you turn the game on here's a supercar go 300 miles an hour mm-hmm. hit a ramp go fly into the ocean i don't care and i'm like yes that's how that's how this game should be <laughs> um but i do respect like the um the, the simulation games and stuff and uh i think that's also partially due to like my history with like grand theft Auto and like those yeah. you know those kinds of games where they were very car centric like twisted metal like even though it was like a car combat game is still car centric so it was uh there's another one I had top of my head, but I forgot what it was. MMOs, RPGs, and and racing games.
0: Well, that's uh, you know, that's cool to have that one that that's a bit different. Uh, yeah, you know, for me, it, you know, like I like I said, I always like sports, and then people mm-hmm. are are you know they go, oh, why do you like these uh, RPG things and 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 whatever? They're just a bunch of you know, you no, know, before Game of Thrones, it wasn't cool necessarily oh, always yeah. oh, to like that yeah. stuff so now and now Dungeons and Dragons is becoming like more in vogue or whatever mm-hmm. it's not like uh oh uh old 80s thing that people used to play and you're like a super nerd so I'm like you know I go yo you guys that are so crazy in fantasy football you don't understand that's basically like an rbg for football right oh like it y'all is are just, y'all are just drafting a team <laughs> and then putting them out there to see who yeah. gets you the most points the same it's- <laughs>
1: It's a yearly roguelike, you know, <laughs>
0: exactly. It's not it's not anything um crazy. It, like people just don't see it because it's like, oh well, football's cool. so it's like, no, it's the yeah. same thing, guys. It's the same thing,
1: no, yeah, it's you you wear the jerseys. You know, you get the numbers. Yeah, you your favorite. You go player. to the
0: bar and buy food and sit there and watch games that you don't give a crap about because one player is on it. Like, come
1: and on. and you're looking at your phone, going, "Ah, my guy's out." Like, yeah, yeah throw he... a phoenix down, see if he gets back up. You know? <laughs> exactly.
0: Yes. The medics had to come out. The, the
1: concussion yeah. guys gotta come
0: out and save him. Like, you know?
1: <laughs> throw him a health potion. Let me give you some HP. <laughs> oh man I, I think it. i think final fantasy 10s um what was it blitzball really kind of yes kind of revealed that like hey everything is an rpg Every, exactly. everything in life is an rpg numbers go and, up
0: and if anything gaming now is everything is trying to if it's if it's not already it's everything is let's be an rpg so
1: assassin's creed let's make it an rpg i'm like oh
0: okay not bad but i mean yeah. I, I like
1: the original god of
0: war let's make it an rpg let's like, you know ev- like
1: Everything's got to have a grind. Yes. Everything's got to be like that. I was like, can we just leave the RPG mechanics to the RPG guys, please? Yeah. Don't make
0: like uh, do uh,
1: rewards, but don't you know do something like these? Every game having like a percentage, like oh, this increases your defense by two percent. Like, can we just stop it? Just
0: yeah, stop like not it. every game needs to do that, like because then yeah. it's going to be all homogenous and we won't have the the awesome eclecticness that gaming. Uh, speaking of that really quick um before we get totally off the the topic (laughs) did you have any games that like you were excited to see from summer game fest or any of the other showcases
1: uh the biggest one for me is gonna be starfield like i how could you not but uh, i'm a big i'm a big sci-fi guy like i say i don't try to get hyped over things because like i i feel like hype is I don't want to say it's genuinely a bad thing, but how you deal with hype could end up being bad. Like if you hype it up so much and it ends up not living up to your expectations, which over the last couple of years we've had a huge experience with. Uh, So Starfield is one of those games where like, it looks so good. I'm super happy. They showed off that Starfield Xbox controller and the headset. I was like, Oh "Oh, my God, that controller
0: looks Uh, so awesome. Do do I need those?
1: I do not. No, I do not. But do I want them?
0: Yes. Yes. (laughs) i i had a friend who was gonna guest on the show and he couldn't um and it was actually his birthday on sunday uh you know shout out seb uh cardone man he got the controller and i was like oh my god that looks so pretty i'm sitting there going nope must not press button on amazon must not press I,
1: I, i already have I have two controllers right next to me. I got the this one, the 30th and the 20th anniversary one, which, like, the control style just looks so good. It, this is one of my favorites. And uh, I had the Titanfall controller, but then that broke yeah. on me, which was upsetting. Ah. Uh, and then for Christmas, my brothers got me one of the elite controllers, the Design Lab. Blue, Ooh, that looks purple, cool. red. Yeah, I like this one. And I'm kind of like, if I get another controller... I'm not gonna use these, so I can't right, yeah. get another controller. You'll have to
0: like <laughs> purposely make yourself like go, okay, well, I'm gonna play with this controller today,
1: and <laughs> no. yeah, yeah, and like the Starfield controller, um, it's it just looks so good. And then, uh, what is it like? And that's and then I realized like that's kind of how Microsoft's making their money, uh, because they're not they have Game Pass, so they're not right. making money off of games like Starfield really. But they'll make money off the peripherals so that's like their, yeah. their give and take and i'm like okay i don't need the Design
0: lab thing is such a, like a
1: neat idea oh man of... it's so good the design lab stuff is so fantastic but that, that's where their money is it's it's in this kind of hardware um i used to actually work for microsoft so i know firsthand of yeah. what they're making money off of it's this is this is one of those things where like they struck gold with it they really did and it's good quality stuff i, I will say for the most part, I know some people had issues with the Elite Version One, but this this one Elite Two has been holding up pretty well through my uh, my Diablo campaign. So that's
0: uh, that's good here. I mean, since we're on the Xbox, up you know they had a, by all accounts, in a tremendous showcase after having like so many years of people just downing them. But a lot of stuff came out after the showcase. They had this big mm-hmm. interview where they talked about a bunch of different things. Um, I kind of gave you like little highlights of things that they talked yeah. about. Was there something that stood out to you that that you feel like okay, we kind of need to talk about that?
1: Yeah. Okay. So I'm a big hardware guy. I'm a big PC guy. I wrote a couple articles comparing uh, the PlayStation architecture with the Xbox architecture with like the Steam Deck and like how the PC market's now changing because it's in a weird spot right now. I I don't know if anyone's really privy to what's going on with like NVIDIA and amd and all these how, how that affects consoles which is a big deal so you you have it right here uh about starfield being left at 30 fps on the xbox series x but it's it's 4k resolution and this is like this is this hits home for me because <laughs> i love this game i love how it looks and everyone who's played like the hour-long demo of it has said they loved everything they interacted with uh, and I don't think a lot of people are understanding the full scope of what this game is. Like, yeah, they talk. There's a reason why that direct was 45 minutes. I, I watched that it, it's a lot
0: in there, it's a yeah.
1: lot of information. I watched this thing three times because there was that much info on it. And if you really paid attention to it, they did drop hints on why it has to be 30 frames per second on the console. On On PC, I'm expecting 60. And I got no problem running it uh, because the specs are out and the specs are pretty decent. But people will get like, there's no such thing when it comes to like PC or just game development. In any case, there's no such thing as a decision. There's compromises. That's what all these companies do. They don't go out and say, well, we're going to make this 30. That, that's what we have to do. No, they, they tried 60 and 60 mm-hmm. wasn't working. No matter what they did no matter what horses horsepower they threw at it all the horses uh, no matter what they threw at it it just wasn't going to work so they said okay well we're gonna have to compromise this in one way do we want because here's how it works it's either and it kind of stinks to say this but when you look at a game like the scope and the scale with the the regenerative concepts and everything being like thrown in your face quickly without hesitation you need to consider okay well we have 4k resolution that's a need okay well if we do 4k resolution then we're gonna have to cut the the frames from 60 to 30 like can we deal with that i can deal with that i don't know if other the hardcore gamers who are complaining they can't deal with that but they'll deal with it because if there's one thing that is weaker the weakest thing in the world is a gamer boycott like we know
0: this. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Every it, time. Not to mention the fact that people always tend to forget the loud voices on social media are mm-hmm. such a small section of mm-hmm. gaming. There is such a wider variety of the gamer out there that has no idea this is happening and they'll go and buy it because they don't care. Right? Yeah.
1: So, so there, there's something called the diffusion of innovation, the, the law of diffusion of innovation. And it's uh if, it was popularized by this speaker named Simon Sinek. And it's a it's a marketing concept where you you have a whole different you have a couple of groups of people, and you want to market yourself to hit these specific groups of people. And it starts out with the early adopters. You know, that's gonna be the people buying the Starfield controller day one or day right. zero, like negative zero. The game's not even out yet. People are buying yeah. this shit up. <laughs> Part of my language. Then you have like the people who are like, Okay, now I'm gonna buy this stuff because they're buying this stuff. And they're saying it's good, so I'm going to dive into it. And then you have uh, more of those people. Then it starts going down to the, the last resort, the people who only change because they have to. And Microsoft is smart enough to understand their market. They understand who they're going for they're going a little bit for the early adopters because they're going to bring the other people in and they're reaching a market penetration of like 15%. And that's the what they call the threshold. If you can get past like 15 to 20%, you're golden. And that's what Microsoft's doing with these games is that they're, they know who they're going for. They know what's going on. And the loudest people on the internet are not the crowd they're going for. Right.
0: They're not. They're right, because there's about. many people that, that look at that and they go, Oh man, I can do all this stuff, and in space, and they're mm-hmm. gonna just get grabbed on that, and then you go, "Oh wait, I can just subscribe to Game Pass and play this for fifteen bucks." Mm-hmm. Like, oh, right there, and then you got a new Game Pass subscriber. Like, a- and they're not really what you would call a hardcore gamer, but they got it based on what they saw in that thing.
1: Yeah, it. They're um, the way that Microsoft, like Microsoft, is. It's funny because all these companies, are like they have the smartest people on their staff. They they right. they write checks for the right people. And the guy on Twitter with an anime profile pick who's going to tell me that they don't know what they're doing? Okay, yeah, right. <laughs> like, like you know better, sure. Um, so the fact that like, yeah, Redfall was a big mistake, and they owned up to that. Um, it wasn't great. Um, I didn't even play it. I just, I just know. It, I don't have time.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I right, just know no. it
1: wasn't good. Um, but with all the positive feedback I've heard with Starfield, like, and the fact that they pushed it off that far. They they know they have something really good on their hands, and I'm just very excited to play. It. That's that's my pick for for uh, for that showcase. Um, because of, as of right now, I can't remember a single thing other,
0: <laughs> other than that. <laughs> uh, you had a what a vow. They showed a little bit of fable, which we don't know. You know,
1: fable. We're still a while off. Yeah, from, from so my it. understanding and the information that I know, we're still a while off. Um, they just filled up their last writing spot. So the narrative yeah. design team is a great team of people. And as we know, Fable is all about the narrative. So we got to wait for them. People can, uh, that people can fly, um, playground. They playground. have to, do, yeah. that they're like redevelop their entire engine to work for fable. Cause they don't want to make it a racing game. So <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't mind. It's an RPG. Uh, but, um, They had to do a lot of work to like just get to the point that they wear a hat. So to see them, to actually, honestly, I was really surprised to see them open with Fable because I was not expecting to have that kind of a full trailer at that time because apparently that's also showing off like what the game is supposed to be like. So I'm expecting maybe, maybe two years, maybe twenty. That's what it felt like
0: to me. Twenty twenty-five. The fact that they didn't even put anything close, like because everything else there was pretty much like 2024, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. The fact that they didn't put a date on it probably feel makes them feel like we don't feel like this is going to be anything close to uh, Yeah, and the,
1: and the fact that we know that Microsoft has no problem pushing games off, that they need to be pushed off. But I, I like I know a lot of people like to point to Redfall and be like, well,
0: what about that one? But there was a lot of stuff behind the scenes. They like did delay that game. I mean, yeah, yeah, they did. And and the fact that also it's like They didn't come in with that game That game was brought to them mm-hmm. They delayed it And then like Phil said It was at the point where it's like It didn't really matter how much more time we gave it The way that the game was made It would have had to take an entire overhaul That could have taken even longer And how many resources are you going to waste on that yeah. When you just put the game out And then hey Hopefully it pulls one of these Ubisoft things Where they can get it into a state where people might enjoy it at some point.
1: Yeah. Like I don't like seeing a game fail and I, yeah. I don't like it when people like say like they praise a game for failing or, or something like that. Um, But like Redfall is like, it's, it's a learning opportunity. And plus there was a lot of stuff going on at Arcane that Microsoft didn't even know was happening. Right. Like uh, a lot of people quitting, you know, that, yep. that huge deal. They
0: lost almost the, a lot of that prey team mm-hmm. and everything, you know,
1: so, like, when, when you're experiencing that sort of attrition, like, how do you how do you collect yourself and still release a product? Like, I, I think releasing a game at all is a miracle. I don't think people understand, like, how much work it takes to, to get to that point, especially when, like, you're considering pipeline, the scope and everything. Like, I'm surprised. I'm surprised that Halo, well, I'm not surprised, but, you know, having Halo get pushed off, like it's not in great spot right now because of the the after effects of the, the store imagine if that came out when it was supposed to like that would have that would have been terrible and then starfield yeah, getting oh, the yeah. push like we we know starfield needed that push so it's yes. and uh i mean and you compare that to something like legend of zelda tears of the kingdom was supposed to come out last year but they spent a year on just fixing mm-hmm. bugs Imagine if Nintendo released that when it was supposed like of oh, last year when they said it was supposed to supposed to come out, that would have been a train wreck. But
0: yeah, same thing with Final Fantasy 16, right? They Yoshi mm-hmm. he basically said, Oh, we spent the last year basically year polishing it. I yeah. mean, yeah, they're still gonna have to have a day one patch, but imagine if it would have they would have tried to have it come out last year.
1: Yeah, and that's kind of like where we are what we're looking at, the industry is uh, on triple AAA games need just a year of polish to come out without any issues. I, I don't think the yearly schedule, like even, what was it, Call of Duty, they went from just two teams, just two, two teams, going you get year one, we get year two, then we get year three, then you get year four. Now they have three separate teams right, who are working on a three-year cycle because they need one, just one year to just like figure out other stuff that's where we're at in AAA a gaming not to you... mention
0: all the support studios that basically help them mm-hmm. as well so yeah
1: and then you got like uh what was it core uh barrog i can't ever say his name yeah Barag. corey
0: barog yeah
1: Barrog yeah he, he was saying like hey listen we made we made god of war ragnarok like two games into one because it would have taken 10 years we had you know we had todd howard saying that elder scrolls 6 might be his last game like people don't understand how long It takes to make a game like you 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 have right here that i mean i just uh
0: yeah matt booty mentions says that right he's like people need to kind of understand that dev cycles are like five to six years minimum now like for a triple a game yeah uh that makes i mean that was gonna be my point of there was a lot of of discourse which sometimes discourse is bad but this was actually good discourse yes of are we getting too much into a divide of we have indies and then everything else is A, and we don't have that middle ground anymore? And no,
1: you're absolutely right.
0: Like, do we need to start getting back to that? Because there was there were people bringing up, which I, you know, a lot of times we get so sucked into this and we don't think about the humans on the other side. Mm-hmm. And it's like, can you think about that's five, it's been eight years working on the same thing every single day mm-hmm. to get one game out of your life yeah five to eight years one game and,
1: like, and you're yeah and you're, you're talking like you have so many lives behind that like you said like i think to put it into perspective the when cyberpunk 2077 was announced to right. when it launched okay i i met someone i got married i had a kid I went through two cars. (laughs) I got like five different jobs. You know, life happened in that lifespan. Like you really think about like, and that, that, their production was, that was a long production. That was a seven year production. And you have Matt Booty saying like, Oh, it's average. It's going to take five. And if one thing goes wrong, one, you just need one. You get one key person to leave your company. And it's, that sets you back months. You know, like someone loses the keys, the USB drive, you know, that's, that's a project just getting that back. We don't, and we don't know exactly what's going on and we don't deserve to know what's going on. Like, you know, we're not entitled to information.
0: And the problem is with the way people react, they make you not mm -hmm. want to give out that information.
1: Exactly. I don't want to tell people where my day job is because I'm afraid. (laughs)
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Like I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want people to, I mean, the
0: fact that like, Oh my God, the game. I feel like people are starting to be a little bit more understanding, but like even yeah. even now, people will announce some kind of delay, and if it's some huge franchise, you're gonna get people with death threats. Like it's like the world ended yeah. because now, oh my god, I asked off from work that day, and and like now I can't have that day. I'm like, yo, dude, I get it. Some people, you really have to put in PTO and all that stuff, and that's a big deal. But you're not thinking about those are humans on the other side, and the yeah. catastrophe that they will deal with even bigger if that game comes out and it is in terrible shape than if they waited another year to release mm-hmm. that but you don't and get to know when you should because you yeah. people act like that
1: yeah it's uh it's a big it's a double-edged sword and like I, as someone who's been trying to get into like the narrative design aspect of gaming it's i, I keep that in mind of like yeah like it, it's 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 a rough job it's 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 not the roughest out there, but I know there's plenty right. of jobs that are really hard, but like when you have, when you have people who are leaving social media because they get hate like that, that that should tell you something like that, that should really awaken something in your mind, you know, as a person, not even as a gamer, but just as a human being, they'd be like, you know what, maybe we're taking it too far. <laughs> like yeah. maybe, maybe gaming has gone too far. And you know, it's a far cry from what it used to be, where a lot of the retro guys will, will understand where a game came out, and it came out. That was it. You didn't get no updates. You spent yeah. your money on mm-hmm. that game, your allowance, and that's what you got. So be happy and yeah. play through the whole damn thing.
0: So. Exactly. Like, uh, if there was something in there that makes it to where you can't progress, well, I don't know, figure it out. Figure it out. Like. Uh, call the
1: manual. the The phone number in the yeah, back of the manual yeah, is exactly. like for tips. call one Yeah, Nintendo. call them.
0: Uh, spend I don't know how much money on collect calls or whatever to to get that <laughs> get that resolved or or buy the strategy guide or wh- whatever it yeah. is. Um, you know, it's just like that's the thing is there used to be that middle ground of right the THQs and and all mm-hmm. of that of, like having your double A games and now you. Don't really have that anymore, or if you do, people lambast it for being a double A game. And it's shouldn't we? we, I think we're gonna have to get to the point where we need to accept that there are going to be that that needs to come back because if not, we're gonna get more and more time between these huge Mm -hmm. games,
1: yeah. And And, and like that's a thing. Um, a uh, a mutual of mine, Tony Polanco, I remember when he said to he said out last year. Uh, And I didn't agree with him when he said this. He said that the Xbox series and the PlayStation 5 feel like a lost generation. And at first, I was kind of like, what what are you talking about? And then, like, after a full year, I thought about it. I I looked at these games. I'm like, okay, we have three or four AAA games from first-party studios releasing in a year. Three or four. That's not a lot. That's not a lot of games. The fact that we don't know. I mean, look at
0: PlayStation this year. It's one. yeah, Yeah.
1: Yeah there's we don't know we don't know anything go- about playstation going into t- 2024 we don't know we have no idea and that's six months away you know february february we'll, we'll be busy with stuff like we always are but yeah. we, we don't know what's happening you know the, we we can't and and you start asking yourself well why did i buy this console in the first place right you know when we have these indie games these indie darlings out there that are so stylish and fantastic running on potatoes <laughs> you know yeah. like that's that's kind of why i i really like the steam deck and i think that also goes back to nintendo the the one brand that no one likes talking about you know they love nintendo they do but you look at what nintendo's doing with the switch and tears of the kingdom is for what it is it's a fantastic game it it should not exist on that platform it should not exist no, on that using that tegra the nvidia tegra chip that's an arm processor that that's an old ass it's, it's almost chip. 10 years old at this point point. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and, and nvidia hasn't pulled the plug on that which i'm surprised but you you have all these games that can run on that hardware why would nintendo put the money to release a more powerful system when all it's going to do is blow up the budget it's going to make companies have to put more work to, into a five-year project. And they're already – granted, they're already taking, like, what, 10 years to make Legends of Zelda or something. Yeah. Um, but it's – you know, having weaker hardware right now is not that big of a deal. We don't – we really don't need a Switch Pro. We, we don't. Like, they, they've, they've shown us that. It makes me think of, well, why did we buy a PlayStation? like remember all the games that came out okay it's coming out for playstation 4 and ps5 right well, we only bought a playstation 5 because we needed it for some reason
0: <laughs> well yeah because you thought right well you're, yeah. you're like oh man we're gonna get that step up right and then yeah. all of a sudden the pandemic happened i think if the pandemic hadn't happened i think we would have bounced into the ps5 and series a lot faster
1: yeah uh, i, they I agree to, they
0: had to regress To putting Mm -hmm. God of War and and Horizon Forbidden West on PS4 because they're like, we can't even get people to buy this system because scalpers are Mm freaking eating it alive. And then there's distribution problems because of the pandemic and we're Mm -hmm. only selling it on our website. Like, and every time we put it on our website, it crashes like (laughs) at at some Uh, point, you know, Microsoft might have been the smartest person out there of having the Series S. Because they could actually put that in the store, it was around. And mm-hmm. People didn't buy it for the most part because you know it's seen as the lesser of the two. But people are buying that thing, right? Yeah. And you you tie that with Game Pass, and it's it's a it's a big uh, money saver for people that were going through issues in the pandemic, and even now, you know, the parent oh, that yeah. want to just buy a game system for their kids. I almost thought about it when when my daughter was. Oh yeah. Uh, Really getting into games, she she's kind of more of like the, oh, I'll play Roblox with my friends or mm-hmm. do a lot, of, you know, they get that age, they just want to do stuff with their friends. And then my thing is as a reviewer, as somebody that's a journalist, gaming has kind of always been the, oh, it's my other job. So I'm always stuck yeah. having to do something with the system. So there's been a few times where I got to play things with her. And and a lot of times I can't because I'm I'm having to use it for something, but yeah, it does the series S does work for what it was intended, but it's yeah. not the next gen console, right? It's not the thing that is supposed to push mm-hmm. us forward. And I do I, I did see Tony's point back then. It's funny because he just posted like an article yesterday about how oh now they are starting the next gen. So uh, <laughs> the the irony there um, after everything that was shown off on Summer Game Fest, and I agree, right? It just took time to get out of the pandemic stuff, mm-hmm. get used to the remote work thing, and and get in a better quality of life situation for a lot of people. It sucks that all these people are like being demanded to go back to the office. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah, I think sucks as well because it's like their life is already tied to this game for all this time for them to make a living, and then you're going to force them to be in an even Worst situation like when, when now they have to do a commute that they didn't have to, or they have to, you know, be even more away from their family than they than they maybe already are. Like, it's just mm-hmm. that's, the, that's the thing we don't think about that human side. So, perhaps embracing the double A's or the indies are already expanding. We're seeing the indies gravitating oh, yeah. towards PS1, PS2 look kind of games. Like, I think people also need to understand that because of how long quadruple A's and triple A's take to make, we're gonna have to start embracing it. another thing that Tony was always talking about oh I'm not buying I'm not buying these consoles to play indie games, you know, and then that's fair. That's what yeah, it, that's that's what's what opinion. But I, I do think we need to to embrace that because it's like indies is where you see the innovation. Indies is where you see mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of things that will eventually go into your triple a
1: yeah i um when i went to pax east a couple of years ago um it was an eye opening experience as a as a journalist to cover the indie games because i remember it was 2022 at the at the boston convention center it wasn't it wasn't a big year it was not a big year there was not a lot of triple a games there if if any real if there was any um and it was all indie games it was all sp- you know double a and indie titles and studios but i remember they had this one little booth or kind of section on the floor and it was just these little uh stations that one or two people could play games at and i was talking to the developers of these games and these are people who put their lives into these games uh the game Dwerve from half human games the creator there i can't remember his name off the top of my head but he he was he was just fantastic to talk to he was a great person and it was a two guy studio two guy project it was done on kickstarter so you know it's backed by people who believe in this project and it, w- it was just kind of phenomenal to talk to him and and understand what it's like working as as just a two-person team like the marketing behind it the uh getting it officiated and put through like the xbox service and then the playstation service and steam and all these places and it's an indie game it's a fantastic little game it's like a, a mix of uh it was like a tower defense game meets like a yeah it's like tower defense where you're walking around you're putting down traps and you're trying to organize things to kill all your enemies before they get to the end kill you and it's it's a neat little game i love stuff like that but we need to like we need to embrace these games we need to because they're inspired by some of the biggest stuff like tunic was inspired by dark souls and legend of zelda like people are like, oh, I want to play a game like this. And I'm like telling them, like, yes, there's an indie game that's like that. There's there's this game that's inspired by Metroid. You should try this. And Ori was an indie game. You should try Ori. Ah, I don't want to. Okay, well, then you should yeah. try Bloodstained if you're like Castlevania. Ah, I don't I don't want to. I want to play Castlevania. And then you realize it's all about the name. Exactly. <laughs>
0: it's, all about it's all about the, the known name. thing.
1: Yeah. And it's kind of like you know, Castlevania has a licensing fee. So you throw Castlevania onto the title card of any game, that price just went up 30 bucks.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean the Dead Cells DLC, right? They they put Castlevania mm-hmm. in there and they yeah. gotta charge you.
1: Oh yeah, so. but that that didn't, you know, that that was an awesome add-on, but th- that was negotiated like crazy. And Dead Cells, if that was like the first Castlevania would have never done it, or like a Konami would never send the, the licensing fee for that. If it was like the first year Dead Cells came out when it was still in like early access, it would never right. happen. And the fact that so many people picked it up and now that game's everywhere. That game runs on my phone. <laughs> like it, but that's amazing. what's
0: incredible. It's like it's not this like hog of a game where you need to have mm-hmm. this great setup for whatever. You could play it on anything, and it's a great game. And if and and you can just enjoy it as like learning that genre, because then what what happens? Hades comes out and Love it's like oh, my God, oh, I didn't know I liked roguelikes before. And I'm yeah. one of those people, right, that I just didn't like the fact of, okay, I'm just doing this game over and over and trying it. And then when I played Hades, I got it, right? Oof, and and now was. I kind of appreciate that genre. But that's the thing is, like, sometimes just blocking yourself out to the fact that it's not this this huge, humongous game, it's mm-hmm. like, this is why I feel like both... Sony Sony does this as well. I give them both credit, yeah. both PlayStation and Xbox embrace indies in their own way. But this is why Xbox has that idea at Xbox thing because they know mm-hmm. that when we're talking about years down the line, what's gonna keep Game Pass going, aside from these, these games that they are eventually hopefully are gonna get in some kind of domino order, mm-hmm. is is these indie titles that are gonna keep growing so just just start learning because that's what's going to be coming
1: and, and and not to mention that like the more you support the indie game market the m- you get more games yeah <laughs> like, like that's the, the thing that 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 really makes the most sense out of this you support an indie studio right uh let's say um uh, we'll use spirit farther i don't remember the company that made it but they made that one game was on game pass it did great and now they're making what 33 immortals
0: yeah oh uh, my god that looks awesome like, too
1: like i had yeah. I had no interest in it until i saw like phil playing it with with the, the team i was like okay no this is actually really cool but like that's an indie game like no one would have might like that game would never have happened if spirit farther didn't come out and people didn't like pick up on that game and learn th- of it through game pass and id and xbox and all that stuff it, it's you need to kind of support the indie market. Cause the other thing too, is that we need to realize is that the AAA gaming market, people are leaving it like in droves.
0: Yeah. It's like, also hard for you to get from, you got to start somewhere, right? You got to start. Exactly. In- so for you to get to that AAA studio is already so difficult. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to support the indies cause they're the ones that are going to keep the, the thing going. And, yeah. and then also when those, people leave and they start they spin off their own studio Mm -hmm. most of them they have to start making an indie game right to make money
1: i yeah i was uh and and it's funny because uh so i I mentioned before that i want to get the narrative design and i've talked to a lot of major developers and like how to to get into that whole market area and they say like one of the biggest things you can do is go to github and they have like game jams and they say like find a game jam that needs a writer and, and do it because that's how you start you need to understand the process you need to understand uh, the concept of writing and putting something out there and putting the work in because when I was when I was younger I, I always thought the world like the, the world owed me something when I was like a, a POS teenager like oh I deserve this and no you don't I don't deserve any you get to work for what you want mm. and you want to be a game dev you you want to work anything you want, you have to really work for it. And no company is willing to put their money on something where someone doesn't know what they're doing or they've never worked on it before. So, you know, it sucks, but you have to pay your dues. And I did freelance writing for a long time. I wrote a lot about games and I I put my work into it and I I got the job I have now because of it. And uh, you know, you're going to have people like Todd Howard leave. He said it the guy can't uh, even though he looks like he hasn't aged and they put him like a cryo tube yeah. nine months out of the year. Uh, <laughs> like he's, he eventually is going to leave these great minds that we have behind the most, the most awesome modern games we have. They're going to leave and they're good. We need people to fulfill their shoes. And right. uh, you know, that, that starts from the bottom. That starts from the bottom completely. And uh it, if we support these indie games, these smaller studios, who knows the guy who made some of the best smaller the guy's super giant? I don't think I've played a bad game from them. Who knows? If you give these
0: guys a uh,
1: crazy speaking of starting
0: guy, as a game journalist, right? Look at Greg yeah. Kasavin, what he's been able to do mm-hmm. over there.
1: Um Gary Witta. Yeah, huge writer. He was he was mm-hmm. he was a game journalist. He's he was yep. writing about video games and now and he and he's Star Wars. Wh-
0: Ride it yeah exactly writing Rogue one i mean for God's
1: sakes like you look at where a lot of these people started and like if that doesn't motivate you I don't know what does right like and i I think everyone should uh when, when not even just support indie games but support yourself you know do, do do something right if it's not by by yourself at least like just pick up a, a game pass is full of indie games just, yeah just pick one go on.
0: Exactly. You're paying your 10 or 15 dollars a month Pick something. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Like, even if you even if you play for 10 minutes, that's 10 minutes longer than someone else
0: like yeah. gave it attention. And uh, uh look, I'm not going to lie. There's <laughs> a lot of there's a lot of stuff on Steam yeah. that is not great, okay? Mm-hmm. They, they they have a like minimum level $100 fee or whatever <laughs> that you got to pay yeah. to get like that's all you got to do. You got to pay that. And then you can put your game on there. Like, it's like, yeah. and then even it, you go on to itch or whatever, you don't have to pay anything. So mm-hmm. it's, if we're going to go down to that level, then yeah, sure. Uh, you're going to yeah. find stuff that's not great, but that does not, that doesn't, the maybe that's the base level of what indie gaming is right now. There's a lot of people oh, that yeah. say, oh, well, man, all this indie gaming stuff, it's not really indie games anymore. Cause you got all these people supporting it and whatever, but it's like, if that's the base level, the stuff that you see on game pass stuff you see on ps plus uh the stuff you see that's like usually the top part of steam or whatever that's just been curated that stuff's been mm-hmm. bled mm-hmm. through with reviews and everything like that you know you're going to get something good you just give it th- give it that time you never know it could yeah. absolutely surprise you
1: Give give a game so. 10 minutes Give it ten minutes. Yeah. That, that's all the devs want. If you don't like it, then you know you don't like it. That that's yeah. not a big deal. That's there's the beauty
0: no... of those services. You don't have to keep playing it. You can, nah. you can let it go and play something else. Uh, since we're on that topic, you know they there's a there's a, a feeling in or well Phil was asked. You know there was a lot of questions as I put in that list of stuff, but Phil was asked a question that I felt was very interesting because we see how Sony and, and Xbox differ on what they do with Game Pass, what they do with mm-hmm. PS Plus, what they do with PC gaming, right? And Phil was asked, what is your take on on PC gaming? And he said, well, PC gaming is on a window for us. It's a market. that We want to bring our games to day one. And then you listen to Jim Ryan and, and Herman Holst, and they're saying, well, number one thing for us is PlayStation, PlayStation 5. That's what mm-hmm. we care about. Uh, those PC games will come out a year or two, whatever later, and you guys can buy them on PC if you want. Uh, but we're going to make sure our PS5 gamers uh, get fed or whatever first, which that's fair as well, right? And then uh, mm-hmm. PS Plus does not want to put their big games day one, as Xbox does. So, do do you when you see that? Like, I guess obviously both of them prove that both of them work in a way. But do yeah. you have a preference? Do you think one is better than the other, like going long-term looking at things?
1: Well, um, I'm primarily a PC guy these days. Yeah. Um, so I, if a game is coming to the PC, that's better for me. That's that's right? better for me. Um, I, I think Sony can do whatever they want. They're in the hardware game in a different way. I remember an interview with Major Nelson 10 years ago uh, when pc market when the pc gaming space was like on the rise like it was still in its infancy but was getting bigger and microsoft saw like hey listen we need to we need to capture that because no one else is um and they don't want apple to beat them to it (laughs) so um when they in an interview with major nelson someone asked him oh so what about the pc market and major nelson said oh you mean our other console like that that said to me like okay They're serious. They're serious about delivering on the PC market. And the fact is that like the PC market has grown exponentially. It is gigantic. Now it's, it's too hard to, you can't ignore it. Um, With Sony, it's really interesting because consoles don't make a lot of money. They don't. Right. They, they make about maybe $40 of of profit. And they
0: have to sell it at a loss because if Mm -hmm. not, it's a ridiculous expense for everybody.
1: So they have to to sell it on, they have to sell the software. And that's kind of the big difference here is that Sony is selling you the console. They're also selling you the software. They're also selling you the controllers. They're selling you the other parts of the the peripherals. They're selling you the PlayStation VR. They're selling you the games of the VR. And they're saying no to the PC market because who gets a cut of that? someone else, right? Valve gets a cut of the money, or Epic gets a cut of the money, although not as much, or Microsoft gets a cut of the money. So they don't want to do that. They they're Sony as as much as I I do like all these companies a lot, Sony is probably the most nefarious of them all because they don't they don't want people to go outside their their walled garden. They don't want people to see, you know, these games running super high fidelity on a PC because they're
0: like, right. oh, that means... They don't want you to know the grass, grass is greener on the other side. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
1: that's not always the case, you know, with Last of Us on PC. You don't want to talk about that one, but um, but it's it's very... Like, I played Spider-Man on PC, and it was like night and day difference, I'm telling you. It, night yeah. and day difference from, from PlayStation 5 to, to PC. Um, but not everyone has my PC build, and that's kind of like the, the big downfall. I don't think it hurts Sony if they put their games on day one on PC as well, you know, because they're not pushing out physical media, you know, it, they can, they could have a separate contract with steam or whatever. I don't know the semantics behind it. I'm pretend I do, but it, it's as a gamer who plays mostly on PC it is kind of upsetting to see them go that route because the PlayStation five, as much as I like it is weaker hardware to me. Right. So I'm not getting the best experience. And that's kind of like why I had Final Fantasy 16 on the back. Because I was kind of like, okay, I want to play it on the best hardware. And the best hardware that I own is not the PlayStation 5. Right? <laughs> it's not. As much as we love to say it is, it's not. Um, my PC is, is way, both PCs are way better than it. And, you know, I m- Microsoft understands that. And they're like, you know, we want to give people choice because that's what their thing is. They, oh, mm-hmm. they, they had their walled garden with the Xbox One and i was i was a beta and alpha tester for that console it was it was very walled off until phil spencer came in and he was like no let's open the gates let's let's do the total opposite because currently what we're doing is not working uh and sony really went big with the playstation 4 and now we're seeing sony kind of backstep and they're acting like they did when the playstation 3 came out mm-hmm. where Oh, the price tag's not so bad. Oh, you know this isn't so bad. This is good. They're getting a little cocky. So yeah, I think Microsoft is playing their cards right, and I think Nintendo's just in the background, like just counting money and be like, "Oh, what's up now? All right, yeah, don't worry. No, you guys find it out though." I
0: mean, look, Nintendo is the reason the Steam Deck and the Raj Ally mm-hmm. and all of that stuff exists, right? Uh, the reason yeah. why Sony has that Project Q thing, where you can remote play it. Or whatever, oh, yeah, uh, <laughs> like I don't. I, I mean, not to much that thing looks really stupid. It looks like basically, oh like God. you st- it, If that's really what it's going to look like, you already have that. You're selling people but, a backbone yeah. controller with your your PS5 thing. There, like, <laughs> what are you doing? I hope it's, that's seriously yeah. a concept because holy crap! I mean, uh, well, no,
1: no, in Sony, it's not that. But that's the thing. It's like, um, it's like one step forward, two steps back with Sony.
0: Right, they feel like they can get away with it because where they mm-hmm. are, right? And then- exactly,
1: and like the whole their whole version of PlayStation Plus with the three tiers or the essentials or whatever they call it. Yeah, I'm just like this is. Listen, I I'm in this space. I'm I am terminally online. I get it. Yeah, <laughs> like we get it. We we understand how this works. But you look at like, the average person, and all this is done is like this is done to confuse the average gamer like the average person yeah. who isn't online who doesn't know the ins and outs who need to to talk to someone to turn the brightness up on their phone because they don't know how to do it uh, like it, it's they they're kind of like it's it's very nefarious and meanwhile you have microsoft who's just like give us 15 dollars, just play everywhere we, we don't care right you now it, we want it's, you it's,
0: to play everywhere yeah. we will talk yeah. about how much you want you to play everywhere sony's kind of like yeah you can stream Oh, now we're going to make a big deal about streaming all of a sudden because uh, it's mm-hmm. it's possibly causing this deal that we don't want to happen uh oh, be a problem. And and like, oh, well, Microsoft's pushing it. So we want to do our own cloud thing because right now we're having to pay Microsoft to do our, our cloud for us. Yeah. And, and like, I, I get it. I get it. But it's like, you know, you guys had cloud first, right? If you guys would have actually <laughs> yeah. gone after that, you could have been sitting pretty where microsoft is once again behind you but that's the thing is i think it most of the time microsoft i feel like has been behind right because if you think about what they want to do with xbox one always online a lot of stuff well we're kind of always online right now a lot Mm -hmm. of games are have to be always online now Mm -hmm. they're trying to push into like play everywhere thing and now sony's like oh you know what i think we kind of need to do that too like it's
1: yeah it's it's a uh, it's two mentalities fighting each other. Um, there, there's uh, there's this thing called uh, there's this is concept of do you know the game you're playing? And that's what these these businesses are playing. They're playing right. two different games uh, themselves. There's the finite game and the infinite game. And the finite game is when you have two teams who are competing against each other. They know the rules. They know there is a definite winner and there's a definite loser. Then it's the uh, the finite game. Uh, that's gave Then you have the infinite game, which is the goal for that is just to stay in business. Uh, right. and Microsoft has learned that they learned that the goal isn't to beat the other person. The goal is to stay in mm-hmm. business. And Sony is playing it where it's like, okay, we know we have the same business, but we really want to beat them. Like, that's not really what we want to do, but we want to. So they're trying all these different things to try to beat the competition. And it's not working out that well, you know, um,
0: I mean, it's working out now, but we're starting to see the cracks. Yeah,
1: yeah. And, and that's the thing. It's kind of like Death of a Thousand Cuts with them right now. It's just like they got a lot of people on board with the hardware and the promises like Ratchet and & Clank and, and Spider-Man and all these games mm-hmm. like, they look really good. I'm going to play them. I'm going to. Um, but when I'm done with those games, am I going to keep the PlayStation from collecting dust? That's the big thing. Yeah. Microsoft is able to keep people going. You know, because of their third-party support and Game Pass, which is super easy to use and su- a super easy concept to understand, they know that like they they know that there's no finish line. That's what it is. They, they there's none. There's no finish line. But and here's here's the genius behind the whole thing is that Microsoft knows that they understood that years ago, and that was it was a big thing when Windows 8 came out, and it didn't do too hot so they're like okay we gotta jump to Windows 10 they had to jump instantly because they knew it just wasn't going to work and didn't and Balmer left and all these people left this big big exit of a lot of major names Um, and meanwhile Sony was kind of like sitting on their laurels and going like oh we don't you know we don't have to worry about anything because they're in disarray and then they collected themselves and realized okay here's our new approach instead of being the walled garden we're going to give open access to everyone we're going to have games everywhere it's going to hit us But it's not about the short game. It's about the long game. You know, where are we going to be in 10 years? And Sony, it has been, and it's very obvious, Sony has been playing the immediate short term game. And now it kind of. And
0: Microsoft was making it easy for them as well to play the immediate short term game. It was like, like, oh, we can just keep doing gotchas because you keep screwing yourself. And then, oh, well, while y'all are developing this thing over here, we're kicking your butt. And Mm -hmm. they didn't really see. To be fair it's a PlayStation, they probably didn't think that this was going to work, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, even though yeah. Microsoft has what you call infinite resources, they probably felt like, okay, eventually the Game Pass subs are going to hit a wall. We're going <laughs> to start making it to where they can't get the big game. So people are not going to keep subscribing to this thing. Microsoft's going to stop putting money into it. And eventually they're going to have to cave the service, right? And yeah. then all of a sudden, oh, wait. This is actually taking off. Maybe we need to do something about it. And here comes PS Plus, Mm -hmm. right? And Mm -hmm. then the thing is that Microsoft turned it on its head again with the idea of Xbox thing because they're like, we can't fight Sony. But they could. But what's the point of wasting money to outbid Sony on getting a third party onto a system that the third party really doesn't want to do because they're not going to buy the game. They're just going to play it on Game Pass and then Mm -hmm. they're done with it, right? Right. So they have this like pipeline that keeps giving them games to put on game pass. Like, it's like, it's this ingenious thing that I actually didn't really think about until last year of like, wow. If you really think about how many games they have in that program and how many they keep putting in, Mm -hmm. they can literally just keep putting games. Look, they're not the ones that that catch your eye if you're a casual gamer or whatever, but Mm -hmm. they fill up, the thing you can say oh man we have 400 games or whatever yeah. and it's not 400 old ass games from the ps2 ps3 era which that really does have a finite cap on it because oh, yeah. you're talking about old graphics you're talking about mm-hmm. uh you know things that people are like oh man i don't want to go back and play right well why are they remaking all these games people don't want to go as much as how mm-hmm. awesome final fantasy 7 is don't want to go back to the ps1 and play mm-hmm. that Final Fantasy VII. Why are they putting it on, on a, a mobile version of that that looks Cooler because <laughs> yeah. People yeah. want to play the thing That looks cool so yeah. yes, They gotta they,
1: push their hardware that, yeah. That's what it is they gotta push their Hardware and uh, it, It's that that's kind of The beauty of all this of this back and forth Is like uh, you, you Have Microsoft with their hands in multiple Pots and Sony wants you to believe that they do too but it's really one track for them yeah. and it's the place well, they they're starting
0: have. to get into the whole oh well now we got the live service thing which that's yeah. the thing that I think could be a real big turner of dude if those live service games go the way of some other live service games have been going mm-hmm. if they could really go the other way quickly
1: and, and the thing is yeah. that um the live service game style is a matured it's a mature genre. It, it that's it you have to the amount of breaking in you have to do once again, it's that the fusion of innovation. Who are you gonna get to, to hit that market penetration of 15 to 30 percent? Who who are you getting? You're not gonna get the early adopters because they already invested all that time into other games like Fortnite. How are you gonna get the Fortnite gamers off? You you're not pulling them from their game, they already have sunken cost. How you get the, the World of Warcraft
0: gamers, the Final Fantasy
1: 14 gamers the destiny players
0: yeah you got bungie and are you, you going to get bungie to people to get off destiny to start playing marathon like yeah
1: and and, and from what i understand destiny 2 is kind of in a rough place content wise right. because bungie's a team was taken off and this is coming to me through very legitimate sources uh yeah. bungie's a team has been pulled off of destiny and they've been put on to marathon so you're competing with yourself now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like what with you're gonna release 10 live service games between now and I think that's like now in like two years from now or something like that. I yeah. don't remember two to three,
0: year. yeah.
1: Yeah, two to three years, 10 to 12 live service games, and you expect you're competing with yourself, you're giving people way too much choice. And this choice is a good thing, but when you give too much choice, you, you get choice paralysis.
0: And you have you know, one company that's supposedly looking over everything and it's like mm-hmm. do you really want just one company looking over everything? Because <laughs> they have a certain style of live mm-hmm. service game that may not yeah. work for everybody. If you try to exactly. turn every live service game you have into that
1: mm-hmm. it's not
0: going to do great either.
1: And, and, and the thing is that people are so limited on time and your audience mm-hmm. has lifted you up so far they're older now this is the one thing blizzard understood with world of warcraft their user base is older now the people who played it back in 2004 when it first launched i'm gonna be 37 (laughs) like i don't i don't have the time i used to have when i was you know 19 playing that Mm -hmm. game i i don't i if i play it i'm playing maybe a couple hours a week if that but besides that like oh diablo 4 came out seasons haven't started but there's a lot of controversy behind it already about how they're going to implement how this system works and i i can't i can't put time into filling out a battle pass for all these games i have to pick one yeah. <laughs> like a not, next... not so much you're paying yeah.
0: for all of them as well yeah anyways, yeah
1: so. like yeah sure oh ten dollars here ten dollars there it doesn't seem like a big deal because i'm older and i have money now but you have these people who are Coming, they're younger and they're getting into modern gaming, they might have time, but they don't have money. So, what do you yeah. gonna, like, what do you that, that's the problem we're like getting
0: that? with the streaming services as well? It's starting to get mm-hmm. to the point where it's like, uh, yeah, people don't want to keep paying more and more prices for the amount of content that you're giving. And then when you try to overproduce the content, guess what you have to do? You start having to pull it off. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing with gaming, is then What ends up happening? They end up killing the live service game because they can't afford to keep it running with the amount of the the small amount of people that are playing it. And that's the thing is uh, also I think it makes a point of why Microsoft is doing their thing of saying, look, we we can make, we could take forever trying to make our own games or we can come and and buy Activision Blizzard and get Mm -hmm. an easier ticket into places where we aren't, strong exactly yeah and and, you know right now the fcc is trying to block the the deal with Mm -hmm. that injunction or whatever like where do you sit on on that deal do you think are you are you in that state of like i'm worried oh my god oh
1: man i um i know people who work for blizzard like personally Um, and i worked for microsoft so the thing is with me is that microsoft is very serious about their work ethic when it comes to having a positive work environment as we all know Activision did have some trouble, you know, with, uh, uh Activision Blizzard had some trouble with sexual assault and allegations. And th- those terrible stories that came out about two years ago, I want to say it's been, and when I, when I read those stories and like my heart sank, it was very hard to root for this company, a company that I loved and spent most of my life with. Um, and, What I know what I know about Microsoft and I know like if they were absorbed, the humanity aspect would go up so much more because I was when I worked for Microsoft, there was a sexual allegation case that happened while I worked there with a manager that I had. And they take that super seriously. I am talking secret meetings, talking to lawyers, the whole nine. They take it super seriously. They do not mess around with that. So I don't care that i really when it comes to like major corporations the only thing i'm scared about is that if they do get absorbed that a lot of people will lose their job because the jobs they have would be they, they wouldn't be relevant anymore because the yeah. business has absorbed the other which is a thing that does happen um that's my only worry i want people to have a positive work environment and i know microsoft yeah. can give it to them on the other hand i don't want people to get fired if their job is no longer needed but I think that aside. I think just on the humanity aspect, I want to go through. I don't. I don't care about Diablo on Game Pass. I don't care about World of Warcraft on Xbox. I don't. I don't care about any of that stuff. I just. I want. I think. I don't like Bobby Kotick. I don't like him at all. I think he's a terrible human being.
0: I want to know who does. <laughs> oh yeah,
1: I don't. I don't think it, uh, Variety apparently or somebody. Yeah. yeah. So then, uh, whoever wrote that article two weeks ago. Um. I, I think he's a terrible human being. Uh, if there's one thing we can all agree on, it's that, um, and I, I don't want to seem employed. I don't want to seem in charge of people anymore. Yeah. And, I, and that's I the not. only way. That's it, the that only is, way. it's the only way to do it because that guy's not leaving unless someone hires someone. But like, it's I, that's that's my take from the whole case because I, I, I otherwise I don't care. Like yeah, I, got, I, I got no skin in that game. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, I think it would be. I personally don't. Like, I, the games that I like from Activision, I don't know if they're going to... Like, Crash will probably keep going, and so will yeah. Spiral because we know uh, Phil Spencer's mentioned that. Um, mm-hmm. I'm one of those people that likes... I, I love Guitar Hero and Rock Band. Like, I don't know that Phil Spencer's going to bring that back, because I really don't know what you could do with that at this point. Um, yeah, yeah. That, that's going to make it relevant for people, you know, of, of my daughter's age and forward. But... I just want to see those studios separate and not only work on Call of Duty and get to do stuff that they want to do. Exactly, right? uh, have the freedom that that you're gonna you see Bethesda and all these other studios uh, like NXL getting to work on that Clock of Revolution game that looks amazing. Like, yeah. can you imagine Toys or Bob getting to work on maybe something that's not Crash or Spyro, like their own mm-hmm. thing? Like that yeah. would be amazing, you know? So,
1: I, I, yeah, Microsoft has. The bones of a company that wants to produce Good games and yeah. not Not a, not abuse their workers And not create Just Call of duty
0: 2023 Yeah exactly <laughs> I, And I mean just because we're on That stuff so just really quick any thoughts On the embracer thing like that That just made me so uh, sad for everybody that works there Yeah like, like, yeah
1: I it's never A good thing when the media outlets And the media companies start consolidating Their reporters um And the coverage Especially when you see a really big situation happen, and you need readers, you need solid writers to, to talk yeah. about it. Um, and that's as a as a freelancer myself. It you know, it, it's really rough to see um, see people let go because now they're they're starving. You know, right? They just they just have a solid job. They let go. Now they have to fight with other freelancers to to get paid, and the it, it's it's just a terrible situation. It's really terrible. And uh, the media world has seen a fair amount of losses within the last two years. And it's, it's yeah. no matter how you, you look at it.
0: it. It does. It really makes me sad um, that that's the route that things have gone. And then you bring an AI into this and it's like, oh God, that could really drive a wedge. Yeah. So yeah. The,
1: the only thing you really do is uh, not see it sucks because it's a catch-22 do you not read the content coming from these companies anymore knowing that the people who are still there are also going to lose their job or do you you know do you continue to read what they have and um the only answer i have is like find these people on social media if they have like a a ko-fi or something like throw five bucks at them (laughs) that's all i can say for sure that's all i can that's the only thing that i can think of because there's so many people out there who have been like who've tweeted like hey listen if i don't have a job in three months i have i'm getting kicked out of the country like
0: that's the worst ones too (laughs) like that i've seen people just like oh i lose my visa i had to go back and i have nothing over there like yeah
1: this is this is the the terrible reality of letting good people go and then like i feel guilty for like trying to to pitch something when i know there's some good right i already have a job i don't need to be pitching other articles knowing there's people who who are also pitching who don't have a job they don't right they lost everything i feel i feel guilty doing that and i can't so i've laid off of that for a while and been trying to make other other uh work happen over at season gaming for that exact reason (laughs) so and that
0: and that's why we got to. You know, hi, promote and continue mm-hmm. to help with remote work because all these people that have to come over here because you're forcing the Goodwin office mm-hmm. where they could work from home and do the same thing, especially with writing. Like you don't
1: get to tell me twice. <laughs> I, I yeah. went back to my office. I do not like it.
0: So. I, I bet, right? Yeah. Um, so just to uh, end things here, even though we know what everybody's buying this week, it's Fantasy mm-hmm. 16. <laughs> Uh, for sure, but there is some other stuff. Speaking of uh, Torres Survival Crash Team Rumble, that online party game, comes out. Uh, uh, it, actually, like right now, you can go by it right now, pretty much as you're listening to this. That Aliens Dark Descent game, which I thought looked cool when they showed it off yeah. the, uh Game Awards, comes out also. Uh, it's an RTS in the Aliens universe. Um, and then you get some indie stuff. Uh, Super Meat Boy is coming back, but in Puyo Puyo form. Uh, with oh, Dr. Yeah. Fetus, the mean meat machine. Uh There's a first-person airship-based survival game, uh, Forever Skies. It's also coming to PC and PC, PS7 and Xbox. Um, and then that Fire Emblem, uh, which is technically Fire Emblem 7, is hitting the Nintendo Switch online.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm next excited week for that too. one.
0: So yeah. uh, get ready, everybody. If you're not hyped already, Final Fantasy 16 week in a there few days. Um, Thank you so much, Uh Steve, this was such a like awesome conversation to have. Thank you. Yeah, this is
1: great. Thank you for having me.
0: Uh, you know, hopefully we can have you on again. Uh, I don't know if you want to promote yourself or. Sure.
1: Uh, you well, you can find. Uh, my work along with other talented writers over at seasongaming.com. Uh, you can check out the live podcast that is played every Sunday, I believe at 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, called the BitCast, where we have Ains, Dan, uh, good old Richard Hoag, and Travis from IGN. Uh, Ty Guy Travis, you might know him as. Uh, they're always streaming every Sunday with their BitCast. You can find me online on t- uh, Twitter at Steve Esposito SG. Uh, if you can find me on, I'm also on TikTok where I talk about computer stuff. Uh, that is on, I believe, Agitated Stove. I should have prepared that one. Uh, and um,
0: yeah, that that's about all my little my little bits. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, if you enjoy what you heard here with Steve, uh, Mark will be back soon, I think. But we're still going to be having guests, hopefully, uh, every you know every week or two, and. You know, if you like what you heard, you can always subscribe, Video Games to the Max, on the YouTube channel. Uh, you can, uh, if you hit follow, subscribe there, you get not just what we do here, Video Games to the Max, you get uh, the Routure Broadcasting folks, which I'm sure they have the Transformers uh, review already in the can there on Demi Hollywood, or uh, Todd the Cakey doing anime and all the other folks there. Uh, you can also listen with your ears on podcasts, search Video Games to the Max, and... We'll be there. So, yeah. Thank you so much, Steve. And we'll see you next week, everybody. We'll definitely be talking about Man 16. Later.